Hey everybody, welcome to Cincinnati Real Producers Podcast, powered by Nextdoor Photos. I'm Patrick Braddock, owner and publisher of Cincinnati Real Producers. And I'm Daniel Ziegler, owner of Nextdoor Photos. Every week, we're getting to know Cincinnati's top realtors. Our goal is to elevate and inspire the real estate community throughout greater Cincinnati. Today we have Cindy Shetterly with Keller Williams Realty Services. Cindy has been in the industry since 2005. She won the prestigious Realtor of the Year Award from the Home Builders Association every year from 2010 through 2018. Since 2010, she's been in the top five for realtors in the state of Kentucky. And since 2018, she's been number one. She's also been on the list of top 25 realtors for the state of Ohio for the past three years. Last year alone, her production volume was 153 million. And just since 2019, her production stands at a staggering 1,860 homes, totaling over 469 million in volume. Welcome to the show, Cindy Shetterly. Hi, Daniel. Thank hey. you. Welcome. So really, we want to get to know Cindy Shetterly. We yeah. want to know who you are as a person, kind of where you came from, your background. What did you do before real estate? So if you want to just dive right in and take it away, that'd be awesome. Sure. So I literally started uh, thinking about real estate long time ago, but my high school did a testing thing that said you'd be a great flight attendant or sports medicine or this and that. So I went to Arizona State and ran cross country. And after school, I just didn't love it so much and um, couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. So I became a flight attendant. I did that for 17 years and lived in Europe and all over. Being from Colorado, it's like you just, um, I knew I didn't want to go back to the cold. So I was like, okay, let's go somewhere that's really warm. And where did I get based? Cincinnati. So, <laughs> and it was the best place ever for right. me. So I really um, have loved this area just because it's so perfect. But um, my husband was a pilot for DHL and we knew that there uh, career things were changing in their industry for sure. And in 2005, when I got my license, 2006, seven, he said, I think I'm going to lose my job. I think we're going to close down. And I said, well, then I guess I should pop into real estate, like for real, like <laughs> yeah. not just hang out and do some investment things. So, um, he in 2008, he said, yeah, no, it's really going to happen. Sure. Like this is going to happen. And I knew that going from a really great salary that he had of 350000 to zero was super scary. And we had just bought a new home, built a new home, and just was scared to death to really be there. Uh, and I really had no choice. Uh, so I thought, I better dive into this. There was no pension. There was, not, there was nothing that was going to come. So I knew we were very limited. I had quit Delta at that point. So I jumped into it and never turned around. It just went straight forward. And that was 2008? 2008 is when I really went full force. I was going to yeah. say, because that's like the worst time to get into real estate, right? Well, so I didn't know that. You know, and it, what you don't know is sometimes better. Yeah, and that's true. And I knew that in 2007, when I, 2006 is when I said in the 
you know, I'd go in the office and say, do you want to be my partner? Like, do you want to do a thing together? And everyone's like, you're new. We don't want you. (laughs) And um, so one of the girls, like two years later in 2008, when I was really cooking, um, she said, man, that was the worst decision I ever made not to be your partner. But um, her husband said, no, I'd be doing all the work and we're just not interested. And I said, okay. So I knew I had to do it on my own and I just did it. So my first year I had set a goal of selling 19 houses and I sold 27. So then the next year I was like, well, if I sold 27 my first year, I know I can do more than that. And then I just kept going. Um, I knew I really needed to change my plan. Um, When I hit 60, I started struggling by myself. And that's when I started doing kind of like, I've got to get this together and figure out how do I, how do I leverage myself in this market? Sure. But to your point in 2008, Agents, we went from 48 agents in our office down to 13, and it just was dwindling, and people were like, what are you doing? And I'd say, well, I don't know, and I was just working, and I think they were in the habit of how maybe agents have become during COVID where just things happened, and it was a working market, and then the next thing you know, it's, you know, you've got to really work. It's not just handed to you. Um, and the opportunities are so much less. And I didn't know that 2005, 2006 market that things came to you. So I just did everything I could to That's make good. It That's work. a great way to set yourself up for a potential 2008, you know, that ended up coming to fruition. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people are talking about these days, too. I'm sure you're relaying that message to people like, you know, 2020 – even though nobody knew what was going to happen, turned into pretty easy real estate, you know, other than the bidding wars you'd get in with people. But like, you know, I don't know if you can speak to that at all as far as like what people are are noticing today as opposed to just a few years ago. Yeah. So that trend is uh, really, you know, changed. Um, It's gotten tighter for the market for homes because of the inventory. So that means we're working extra hard. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see some agents drop off during this time. It's gotten a lot harder. Um, it's really doing some major shifting and deciding um, how to change the strategies of marketing instead of just like, okay, go out and show properties and this. You know, there's a lot more work involved, um, you know, cold calling, calling, door knocking, open sure. houses, all of those things that we did before. 2019 yeah. are now returning and um so you were working harder for our money for sure yeah, yeah. Well, i'd love to go back just to your story i mean your your husband losing his job i mean yeah. you have a family so yeah. I mean, that had to have been you kind of glossed over that that was a scary moment in your life i imagine and to just dive into real estate like yeah. that how many kids do you have just one just one so she was uh we had just moved and she was five and so uh, my husband um, was in the military for um, from 1986, he got licensed um, as a massage therapist and was building his practice, um, worked with um, UK basketball and was traveling back and forth to Lexington. And he didn't love that. Um, he loved being with basketball, but he didn't love the commute sure. and um, worked with um, clients in our homes, the you know Bengals and the Reds and all of those people were coming nonstop to our home. And um, he knew he needed to expand as well to get an office. But we were just in this kind of limbo of me starting. So um, I never was scared. 
I just knew I had to move forward. There was no fear. Um, I just knew something had to happen. And I remember the day distinctively saying that to him, like, he's like, I think I'm going to lose. I think they're going to close the doors. And I was like, well, then I'll just work harder. Like I will just go into it. And it was just like, there was no turning back. And that just, that's just the way it was. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I do think there's something to that that's, um, you know, out of necessity is born innovation. And, and I think even beyond innovation, just the hard work that you put into it because you knew it had to happen. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, not everyone has that work ethic. And sometimes, you know, necessity kind of forces that, you know, I think that can be to your advantage. Yeah, for sure. I'd always been a worker. And so I knew that what I, whatever I was going to do, I was going to do it well or if I had to do it I just hadn't really I mean we started I got my license so I could flip and we did two of those and then that's when my husband said no I well yeah we started flipping and then I my husband said why don't you get your license and you can do that I'm like oh that's kind of a good idea so that's how it started just totally casual because we did not know what the future had hold held for DHL turning into a star and um so that was yeah it was funny how it kind of evolved what do you miss most about being a flight attendant mm, wow or do you miss anything <laughs> <laughs> well in this mark in this day and age of flying sure. it's just not fun like right. i just sit there and go like oh you guys i don't miss it i miss my friends so you sure. know we do a uh i still travel with them after 30 years we all flew together for they've all they're still flying except for three of us That's two awesome. have retired and one took a leave um and so they're still flying and we do an annual trip which was supposed to be this weekend that i was telling you about um so we still do that we've done it for over 22 years so the camaraderie of a crew is really which is i have my team now which is like our babies family but they were our family there um and just you know, I was based in New York, flew all over the world, literally tried to hit every single place that we flew um, with Delta, you know, from Moscow to you know Rome, Greece, you know, all of those places. And so those are some of the things that you miss. But the actual flying, the first time I retired and um, was on a flight and it was like we were three hours delayed and I'm watching these girls and we're sitting on there and I'm like oh my gosh like I do not yeah. miss this yeah. I am so glad I'm not doing this <laughs> so yeah it was different it seemed relaxed you know yeah. and it's funny because when we started and when I started in 1980 uh, 1989 I started and the girls would say, it's not like it used to be. It used to be so fun and this and that. Yeah. So they had their time, you know. Sure. And um, and then we came in and I was, and when we were leaving, I was like, it's not like it used to be. Yeah. It used to be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, Man, yeah. That's awesome. Totally different. Yeah. How old your daughter? She is now 24, living in Scottsdale, living her best life. And um, hopefully we will be there soon um we're looking at a place there and that's a place that we really love sure she, she followed me but went to the wrong school in arizona went to university of arizona and so oh, no. i've forgiven her for that oh, um, gosh. But, she, <laughs> but she is back on my stomping grounds there in Perfect. in scottsdale in phoenix area so it's really nice i think it's safe to say what your why is um you know, having listened to your background just now, it's 
it's it's pretty evident that your back was a little against the wall you know like i think that tells a lot about a, a person's character too you know what happens when the chips are down you know what do you do how do you react um and it seems like you took everything in stride and just kind of kind of ran with it you know does your does your husband do anything in real estate now or is it you and the team and you're just you're just the stars the yeah sky's no, the limit type of thing he stayed in his lane and sure. i stayed in mine <laughs> there's yeah. a reason for that he's super good at what he does sure and i did he always said, I think, I'll, yeah, I want to get involved. Well, and it wouldn't be with me because it's, you know, that would sure. not be a good match. It's just too, it's too hard. I think to separate coming home and we really love each other. And I didn't want to take that away and have like, you know, when I first started, he go, well, maybe you should say and say, stay in your lane, <laughs> yeah, do your own business. Yeah. I'm not telling you how to right. work on your I'm not flying clients. the plane for you, buddy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> so um you know it it has he was going to get his license for a while but that's not, it's it probably not better be. he doesn't yeah no he's really good at what he does and and sure. he enjoys it so much that i would hate for him to come over and be in the same sure. thing that i do that's yeah. awesome. he sees how much i work and he works long and seven days a week a lot and he sees how much we work and um i think he um respects my time and I respect his time. So sure. like this weekend we're going away for, he's running the half marathon in the Royal um, Red, Red River Gorge. Oh, very so cool. It's called the Rugged Red. So he's running that. So we rented a cabin for two days to oh, get out awesome. and go away. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Good for you. But yeah, we're, yeah. So we separate those kind of things. That's good. <laughs> Our work. That's wise. Yeah. yeah. So your, your why and why you got into the business, I mean, your circumstances have changed significantly. Yes. What would you say your why is or what keeps you going, uh, you know, in your industry now? Yeah. So, you know, I've noticed that when you have a why, it changes it, every year. It changes sure. for me. And, um, it, you know, building a team was um, so that I could build leverage was my why is my big why um, so that I can spend more time with Michaela and Andy. We just did um, 15 days in Italy That's as awesome. a family. And um, those are the things that I'm building something, a foundation and a legacy for her is my main reason. That's and awesome. to have um, quality time together is really um and change people's lives and that is on my our vision board so as a team we pick a word every um year that we want that means something to us that relates to us that's relevant that we want to aspire to whatever their reasons are they'll pick a word we also do a vision board um and on that vision it's funny how some things remain the same and some things just completely change sure. and um Mine has always been to help change people's lives in my team and to make um, a difference to others. And so I think if I keep that as my core why, everything else kind of falls in place, you know? Absolutely. So um, that's really where I haven't changed. That's yet. wonderful. I mean, that's really great perspective too like why's do change you know the core why stays the same mm -hmm. but you know on a yearly basis you're like hey maybe we want an investment property my why is to save for an investment property yeah. you know like i don't know yeah. or grow the team or whatever mm -hmm. you know so that's awesome yeah and you know the base from 
2005 when I started 2000 it was different it was to flip you know that was okay I don't think I really had a why back then I really didn't understand you know I was doing the job aimlessly and I said you know you sometimes forget you wake up um, and if there's no direction and you don't have a plan it makes this job just a job and not really um, a business and so having that direction of being forced into it changed all that and made me really hone in on what the why is and it never changed from that to provide for my family to make you know us um to make it so that we would have something to live for yeah absolutely i think there's a benefit to starting a team too i know everybody's got their their ifs and whys and you know and why you start a team why you don't want to start a team but i think that like starting a team forces you to change your mentality to a business mindset because now you're not just worried about yourself and every single transaction from transaction to transaction you're worried about the the team yeah you're worried about the people on the team you're worried about their life as well and you take that responsibility on and i think you have to take that thirty thousand foot view of the whole team to have that recognition on where do we want to go and if you could speak to that a little bit from your experience on growing that team and and your professionalism when it comes to, you know, your business, because I, I, not all real estates treat their their business as a business, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent solid. Yeah. Um, we I think the difference is when you have a mentality that you're and I'm not saying that a single agent cannot have a business because they absolutely sure. can. You know, I think Julie Back is a. a prime example of that she's amazing and she's just a um you know she's incredible i don't know how she does it anyway um my my getting into it and seeing where i wanted to um leverage more that was huge for me um and so when i my first hire was um Marcy Roddinghouse, who is now my director of operations. Very nice. And she became um, my manager at Sipsy when she left me. She was my manager, or my, she was my first assistant. Sure. And then she became that, and then she followed me. So um, she's been with me for a long time, but when I hired her, I did her to take the stuff that I wasn't good at and to give that away. And that's paperwork and all of that organization stuff. I don't like it. So um, I learned to re, you know, reevaluate where what was what I didn't like. Right. Um, and that's kind of how I started my thing. Like, okay, what do I love about this job that I'm really good at, and what am I really bad at? Let's give that away. And then I got a buyer's agent, and the buyer's agent allowed me to spend time with listing and going to people's houses and really getting to know people and to help them that way. Um, so I kind of built my business gradually and slowly. Um, and then there's a lot of responsibility. The bigger you get, the more lives that you have to worry about. And don't think that when we're having a down year or doing things that I'm not worried about each one of those. Like when I know someone's low on leads or whatever, I get nervous and I start, you know, kind of shuffling and doing things so that no one feels, um, you know kind of that pressure yeah it's a it's it's a lot of pressure um and i think some people think because um there's a pie and i'm taking 
uh, half of their money. Well, my half is 30% goes to salaries of my people that I have in place to make their lives easier. Right. So I'm Marcy and Amanda, who's my transaction coordinator and marketing and marketing agent and an ISA and all of that. So my chunk is this tiny little sliver right. out of their money. So right. um, out of the whole entire pie. So, um, you know, sometimes there's agents that don't think about that and they don't get it. They're not a team player and I don't hire this. Why I really take time to get, my team slowly um, because it's it's you have to define and find out if they're really team players or not. Yeah, that's and awesome. that they understand because yeah, right. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So whenever I hear someone mention your name, Cindy, it's usually followed by how much they love you and just how much they uh, love how humble you are, despite how incredibly successful you are. And so I think. You know, it would be really interesting to know from your perspective and knowing how humble you are, was there a point in your career in real estate where you felt like you've really kind of established a name for yourself and you've kind of quote unquote made it? Um, have you ever gotten, what, what was that point for you? Well, thank you. Um, it's, no, I've never felt that. Um, I, you know, first I was like, okay, when we take 10% of the market share and then it was 14% of the market share and now, okay, how do we get to that 20% of the market share? Sure. Um, I think that there's so much in the, our tri-state area, um, to accomplish that, um, I've never felt that we've met our potential and it's funny because i think my husband is the same with that like he'll go we need to do this marketing i said you're two months out to get a appointment with you what why do you need to do more marketing right, <laughs> because you're right. too much out so he's the same um as myself where we just um you know i think that it's we do well we just hit 300 yesterday um units wow. um that was so we um celebrated that but I think that um, every day um, and every year, there's something else to achieve. And whether it be gain growing our business or growing our team and um, getting, you know, more areas or more homes, I don't know if I'll ever feel that it's enough. Um, you know, That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've, I've never said like, okay, I think we've made it and then we don't need it. Sure. There's always what else can I do? Right. And in that, in this business what is great because do I need more investment properties? I'd love to go grab another two. Um, do I need more team members? And, um, you know, I think I work slowly um, in making these shifts. Um, so it allows me to reflect a little bit more on what it is. So I never feel like, oh, I've made it because I'm always reflecting on the next step to go forward. Well, what I hear you saying, I think, is, I mean, real estate is a very competitive industry. But what I hear you saying is that you're mostly in competition with yourself and looking at where you've been and how much more you feel you can do yeah. and wanting to push those boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, I always say you're if you keep your eye on the prize yourself. The, there's no other competition. And so um, I never look at the person in front of me because that person could have a bad year or they could, or their circumstances can change and their, um, their goals might change. And so we just don't know. The, I mean, I could beat them like by 
500 or something, sure. would I feel good about myself? Because I beat them and they weren't performing at their best because of their situation. So I've always been my own competitor in knowing like, if, I, if we're doing our best and we're number two, we did our best. Right. You know, and so if I've just tried to reach out and really do um, th our best, that's, that's all awesome. I can do. Yeah. So the secret sauce, the secret sauce in your business is building relationships from what you, from our, our pre, our pre-interview. Um, can you weigh in on the relationships in real estate and, and, and kind of talk to how that's benefited your business? Yes. Um, I think Delta did a fantastic job of our training and that was a natural thing for us to do. And we did lots of training on um, learning empathy and learning um, how to relate to people in, in distress situations. And that is basically, um, you've got people that are stressed, happy, sad. There's five reasons for moving, right? There's five motivations and um, death, divorce, um, new baby, downsizing, upsizing. That's pretty much what there is. And so when you learn to connect with the people and you find their reason, their why, why they need to move, and you can really relate to them on the, that level, um, that helps. One of the things that I think gets overlooked a lot is relationships with each other. And um, there are certain agents that nobody wants to work with. And that's because they're difficult and they're not um, team players and they're not. And we're all in this together. Right. And so when agents can't, you know, when I call an agent and they'll say, Cindy, generally, yay, I'd love to work with you. Or <laughs> I say the same back to them. Or I was so excited you're on the other side. It's genuine and we mean it because we know we can get the deals done sure. to make these things happen for the people that want to happen. So all across the board in um, real estate, not only with members right. of, uh, of each other, um, you know, and I always refer to like you see these attorneys or politicians they go in and they fight each other and they go oh you want to go have a drink afterwards and i always go like oh, really that's so weird because right. they were fighting on the thing but they're just doing their jobs right. right you're fighting for our clients we're fighting for our buyers sellers whatever it might be and then we're just human and we go out and and do things um with each other awesome. so um i think one of the reasons that the board does those kind of things for agents is to keep us that way that we are all in this together um and then building rapport with our clients so one of the things that when we are scripting, we do a um, Mondays and Fridays, we script in the mornings. And, and I tell the team one of the most important things is peeling back that onion and finding out and really listening to what people say. Um, you know, silent is listened with different words uh, right. with, and with different letters. And so if you can really find what somebody's looking for and needing uh, it makes our job so much easier. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you sort of spoke to it a little bit. I'm curious how much your previous, you know, job as being a flight attendant and other previous experiences you may have had, how did you bring those into your real estate business and how have those helped, you know, uh, make you so successful, do you think? I mean, it really comes in organically. So it's not like there's anything different. Um, it's just those... Um, conflict resolution things that you're doing when you're dealing with 
um, an agent or if you're dealing with um, a client situation or between a lender and a client or, you know, that misunderstanding um, and trying to resolve those in a manner that's um, that you're still feeling for them and understanding, but yet trying to get it done. Right. So, I mean, it just really was just ebony and flowed kind it just kind of worked in itself really well with the training that we had and then the training that um i mean then then going straight into this job for sure that's yeah i kind of refer to it as like the bedside manner for a doctor yeah you know like a flight attendant you have to be able to relate you have to be able to calm and that's kind of the same like i, I label a real estate agent almost like everything you know yeah. like you're a you know social worker you could be well, you could be a you could be a, a divorce attorney oh, you could be anything you know we are we are there's half the battle is that yeah and, you know i'm dealing with a um elderly woman right now and she is she'll call me three times a week and i'll say where are you and she'll say and, and he's like who are you talking to because yeah. i'm like where are you esther uh, and she'll say um Oh, I'm, you know, wherever. And um, so I just listened to her. her husband passed. She's oh, had it hard. She's has to give away her dog that she doesn't want to. And there's a lot. Yeah. And so I'm just there as a sounding board for her and um, um, listening to things that sometimes I feel like I don't have time for, but yet. I don't have not time for right. You know, yeah. you know that's that. It feeling. seems like that's what built your business. You know, those relationships that you've built, and it's, you know, can't deviate from what works, right? right. You know, and yeah. people helping people. I think that that's that's the main source of referral too. You yeah. know, like when you can relate to somebody and you can have that trust. The next thought is, call Cindy. Yeah. Oh, you're you're moving. Call Cindy. Well, it's funny. It's that relationship building on the airplane. We have yeah. 45 minutes to do it. This is like, or five hours or eight hours. Sure. And I would get letters. I got Afghans from people. Like I'd say, oh my gosh, show me what you're knitting and, or whatever. What's knitting? Whatever. Knitting. Right, right. Crocheting. Or crocheting. Whatever. And then they would send me something in the mail or I would get, you know, and just, I would be flooded with good letters that people would send letters to they took time to do that back sure. then and um i have the stacks that i've kept because um i kept them for my daughter to show her um and just there's really no reason to keep them but they're just either from our president or from people and they'll say congratulations you know, or we had a ghost writer and you did um and it's the same thing taking a longer time to build these relationships because i would have them in captive for there and I don't have them here for cap you know in captive. Right. Um, they're one on one, but they're over the phone or text ninety percent of the time. So they're not face to face. So if I don't have a rapport with them, it's re much harder for them to understand when I'm texting them not to take it the wrong way because um, I'm not face to face or I'm not, you know, speaking with them. Right. So um, it's the agent building relationship um, with the client, I think is the number one thing. And you just have to know that it's the, for the long haul because they're my, I have babies that are now in graduating high school that still come to our events. Sure. So. Well, it seems like it's twofold too. Like you've done a great job of those relationships as well as relationships from B2B, like realtor to realtor, you know, and, and, and having that paperwork come across your desk where it's like, boom, I love working with that realtor. This is going to be a smooth transaction. Our clients are going to love it. And boom. Yeah. So like 
when you talk about growing relationships, you do you concentrate on that at all with with your peers throughout the industry? Ah, uh, I don't really like. I mean, I try to make the events where there's other agents there for that uh, for that reason. Yeah. And I tell you know, my team members that it's important to go to those events too for that reason. Um, and so I love doing that. Do I have friends that are in the business from other um, companies? Yes, but I we don't do like tons of social things sure, together. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So yeah, Cindy, the last thing we really wanted to dive into today was was really your, your thoughts on, you know, I think, what is it, eight out of 10 realtors never make it through their first year in real estate. So you've obviously built something over the last 20 years, 20 plus years that is sustainable, that is, um, that is reputable. What would you, I mean, you're one of those people that we look to and say, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's in their first year or two, just right out of the, right out of the gate, like of all things to be thinking about, and there's all sorts of aspects of a transaction in real estate that you don't necessarily learn in school. Right. Um, what what piece of advice would you give somebody like that? Yeah, I mean, I think the it's I just was speaking with someone yesterday, but people will call me saying, "I think I'm going to get my real estate license." I had two people call me yesterday and say that. And the first thing I tell them to do is to write down the pros and cons of this job, vice where you are now. Um, and then the second is to make a plan because there's cost up front that they need to save for. Um, and you have to assume that you are not going to sell anything for the first six months. So if you don't have that money set aside, it is really, my th thinking is it's the number one reason agents get out. They have no money and they, you know, they haven't done anything. So if they don't have a plan on how much money that they've got saved, or how much money they need to live on, which is basic you know, 101 of starting a new job or switching right. a job. You're either quitting a job because you don't have enough money and you're not happy, or you're taking a job because you want more money and you're, you you know, want to be happy. So this is no different. And if you don't have that plan and that money set aside, I mean, just getting your license, not even paying for school, you're talking a $2,000 investment up front. Right. Now, that being said, if you want to start and open a boutique, it's a $25,000 investment. It's a $30,000 investment, whatever it might be to start your own business. And this is a less than $5,000. You can start your own business. So if you're going in this like, oh, I'm going to sell real estate and not having a plan for that investment that you've got, I think that's right off the bat is why majority of agents don't stop. Interesting. Uh, get out of the business for sure. I love that. I think yeah. that's I think that's awesome. It makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. think if the money's there and it'll come, and you, know, you just yeah. don't realize it's going to take a while to get rolling here. Yeah. So well, there's also a misconception. When you're good at what you do, it looks easy. Mm -hmm. You know, Cindy probably had that first year of, oh gosh, there's probably there probably was some doubt, you know. Yeah. But then when you get to this well-oiled machine, and now there's all of this outside influence looking in saying well i want to be a real estate agent because cindy sells however many houses a year and it's so easy it goes from my hairdresser to yeah. where i get get my shoes to this oh oh my gosh i want to be a realtor like it, yeah yeah and i'll say do, do some research find out 
figure out what you want to do. Why do you want to be a realtor? Tell me about that. And that's where I go first to say, well, because I want flexibility and this and that. And I want to do this as part time. I said, then I go into how do you do this part time if your buyer wants to see a house and it's the weekend when you're working, you know, so it's all those things that the planning in advance help someone be successful. Sure. So that's huge. That's great. So on the same note, would you have any advice for somebody who's looking to buy or sell right now, just given the current market conditions and what you're seeing, what advice would you have for somebody? Well, I think the number one thing is to research on who you want as an agent and look at who we're, we're not an agent. You know, anybody can open and close the door, right? The lock boxes are not that tough. So we can do that part. Yeah. Um, but finding someone that is going to negotiate for you and a top negotiator. I always compare if you're um, in a really nasty divorce, you just want to go find the cheapest one or the one that is young. You're going to take a uh, attorney right out of law school. You're going to take one that has a proven track record right. of winning. And so the questions for buyers are how many homes do you use? have you sold what is your percentage of what you get over under asking price and the, all of those things that really matter in a negotiation um it, it, for a buyer and for a seller likewise um they need to know um what is the record of the percentage of how high do you get you know the opposite spectrum um how many deals and all of those kind of things so i say research that as well so Bottom line is research, research, research for yeah. whether you want yeah. the job, whether you, you know, all sure. of that kind of stuff. But it's really imp so important to um, make sure you're picking someone that fits what you are desiring as well. And that, you know, there's a connection there because you're with somebody for 30 days, 45 days. And in this market starting could be longer. Right. So you have to have someone that you really trust and have connected to. So, um yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, they're hiring someone. They need to That's interview. Right. Yeah. They should interview them. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 What What about someone who is maybe hesitant to buy or sell right now due to you know just whether it be interest rates or low inventory or whatever? I mean, do you have any advice that you give someone who is in that boat? Well, the, the feds froze the rates for a while, so that's a good thing for us. We yeah. love that. Um, but advice is real estate has always been the number one investment to do. So if you're on the fence about um, buying, you know, our annual increase is 3% a year. And you get to take a write-off for the first five years. You can always refinance after if it goes down. But... And if people listened to us two years ago and said, oh, there's the prices are ridiculous they're so high, I could sell that house for 100000 more two years later. Right. So that is where we're at. And people, if they'd realize that and listen to us on giving the advice that it is never a bad time to buy the right piece of real estate. Right. You know, that is really important. That's awesome. Cindy, thank you so much for being a part of, of our podcast. I know that we... Uh, we're new to this. You're one of the first to be featured. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. The The thought behind this too, and I think you speak so eloquently to relationships, and that's really what has driven real producers and and probably Danny's business too. So um, the relationships really make a difference. And, and I think when you – you just hit every nail on the head. I think you're just a very – 
very great real estate agent and a great person oh, for the thanks. little time that we've known each other. But it's been it's been our absolute honor to have you on oh, our, on my our gosh, show. Oh, it was a blast. So, yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. yeah. You're great. welcome. Thanks, Dan.